0: Hey, everyone. <clears throat> I just want to explain, I break in like that uh, because there is a battle for worship going on in all of our hearts. And we, when you don't come in ready to go, you're going to worship something. It won't be Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to speak very lovingly and pastorally, but also prophetically to you. If you do not guard your heart, you will worship everything else but Jesus. Oh, Jesus. And when we enter into this space and it's casual, I'm telling you, the enemy is happy to distract you with all kinds of things to worship other than Jesus. And you may say, Jamie, that sounds dramatic. Well, do you remember one of the temptations of Christ as he went into the desert? What did Satan ask him to do? I will give all of this to you if you will what? Worship me. So I just want to speak over our church family. We will not worship anything else but Jesus here. And sometimes we walk in and we don't realize, actually, we're worshiping our own comfort. And we're worshiping our place in a seat in the room. Or we're worshiping... The person's uh, narrative that said something to me yesterday that's making me feel all weird. I'm worshiping them more than Jesus. Are y'all hearing me this morning? I I just want to encourage us and I want to encourage the men specifically. Men, we need to come ready to go and worship. And we need to sing. I love all the women in this group. Y'all like sisters to me. I love y'all. I'm talking to the men. We need to come in and we need to be ready to sing. You know, David and his mighty men, a lot of people said, you know, they were just warriors taking out enemies. You know, those boys were singers. Those boys were bad dudes and they were, they were the best singers in the room. I want to encourage all the men. Let's take our jobs seriously to lead the body of Christ in worship. Okay, guys? But make no mistake, the enemy is drawing your heart and your mind to worship every single thing but Jesus. Your spouse's attention, oh, I need that. Workplace success, if I could just... Security and safety. Your heart is being bombarded. Actually... Right now, your heart is being bombarded. What will satisfy you? The answer to that question is what you worship. And if the answer to the question, what satisfies me right now, if the answer is anything else but Jesus, I'm telling you, you are worshiping that thing. It's called idolatry. So I hope you hear what I'm saying. I'm saying this in love. Oh, Holy Spirit. Open eyes. Soften hearts. Holy Spirit, I ask for a spirit of worship to come. A spirit of worship of the only true God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God who is Jesus, the Christ. Holy Spirit, come. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord. Take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Oh, Father, may Marymount Church be a place where we do not worship idols, even ourselves, but we worship Jesus. Make us obsessive about Jesus. We come against the work of the enemy. It has been his strategy from the beginning to draw our hearts to other things than God. So we come against the work of the enemy here at Marymount Church. We command you to cease now in Jesus' name. I ask that a spirit of worship and delight would come. I ask for a spirit of joy in Jesus. I ask for a spirit of humility and repentance before you, Jesus. I ask for a spirit of tenderness and brokenheartedness towards you, Jesus. Oh, yes. We are broken people, whether we acknowledge it or not. And you are king, whether we acknowledge you or not. We say yes to you, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. You are the anointed one. You are the Messiah. You are the king. Yes. And we submit to you again your kingship here in this place. That you reign. Listen to the Word of God. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free. You are free, friend. The law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus. You are free, friend, in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. You are free, friend, in Christ Jesus. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do, By sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin He, that is the Father, condemned sin in the flesh of Jesus, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. For you, Marymount Church, did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But in fact, you have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. You did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. You did not received the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by whom you cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him, in order that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us, For all of creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of Him who subjected it in hope. That the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. That creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole of creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons and daughters and the redemption of our bodies. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And He who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. The Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. He also glorified. So what then shall we say to these things? Well, if God is for us, then who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also with Him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. So who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised and who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. So who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? For as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Oh, no. In all these things... Our Lord, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. I tell you, I cannot wait for the day when my heart is no longer divided in affection for Jesus. Of all the things I'm looking forward to when Jesus returns, it is in fact to see him face to face and to become like him, for I see him as he is. And to no longer be blinded thinking that he's not as glorious as he is. I think that's gonna be my favorite. When my eyes see the one whom my soul, and there is no divided affection in my heart towards him. And we won't tire for all of eternity to tell him that he's glorious and He's beautiful, and He's better than we imagined, and He's holy, and He's our friend. And all creation, even chirping things, (laughs) will adore their Jesus perfectly. The wolf will lie down with the lamb. and a little child will lead them. I can't wait for that day. When lesser joys and addictions no longer plague me. And my heart is for Jesus alone. Well, the message of this message, or the title of this message was supposed to be Endgame, but actually it kind of is the endgame, isn't it? The end for all of us is bowing and adoring Jesus. In fact, every knee will bow. In fact, every tongue will confess that He, Jesus, is Lord. To the glory of God. What I just read from Romans 8 describes, like, the plan of God for your life. And the plan of God for your life, just so, just so we're all clear, like, God has a plan. And He says this For those that He foreknew, He predestined. And those He predestined, He called. And those that He called, He justified in His Son. And those He justified, He will glorify. Here's how it works. We become like the one we worship. So if the end is glory, foreknew, predestined, called, justified, glorified. If the end is glory, and actually he says predestined, he says specifically predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. That's what it says in the text. Those he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed into the image of his Son. Follow me. Glory at the end is in fact conformed to the image of Jesus. That's what it is. Those he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. Those he predestined, he called. Those he called, he justified. That's the gospel. Being made righteous by grace through faith in Christ that his death on the cross was in our place for our sin, and his righteousness is handed to us. His righteous obedience to the law is handed to us. We actually, on our account, on assets and liabilities, he gets all the liabilities. It's all red. Our red is on Jesus and his righteous asset. Everything that was right about him fulfilling the law perfectly is actually put in our asset column. So we are justified. That's why he says there's no condemnation. Those who are justified will be glorified. And follow me, glory comes by looking at Jesus and worshiping him. This is Second Corinthians. I'm, I'm going to close with application. How's that? 2 Corinthians 3:17, oh he who has ears to hear, let him hear. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 to 18. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Listen. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Here's the application. Your progression in the plans of God for your life that He foreknew, He predestined, He called, He justified, He glorified. That's the plan of God for all of us. Your progression through that plan in the heart and mind of the Father from eternity past, your progression through that plan is singularly, singularly focused on Jesus such that growing to be like Christ does not look like trying to be like Christ. Let me say it again. Growing to be like sanctification, the process by which we become like Jesus, is not about trying to become like Jesus. The Bible says that the process of growing to be like Jesus means beholding this Jesus... And the Spirit of God actually within, transforming us as we behold him. So we're staring at Jesus, and the Spirit is putting to death with us all the things in our body, like sin, as we gaze on Jesus. It's funny, a lot of churches um, have all kinds of different priorities. And here at our church, our number one priority is that we're pursuing Jesus. And there's a little life hack there. There's a little church hack, a little kingdom hack, a little leadership hack. If you pursue Jesus as your primary priority, you will get all the rest. Yeah, You want a church that reaches the nations? Guess what? Make them, in, invite them to fall in love with Jesus, and they will go to the nations. Like If you want a church that has a bunch of volunteers, actually show them Jesus. Let them fall in love with Jesus. They will gladly serve because he's so awesome. It's a life hack, actually. If you pursue Jesus, actually, you get it all the rest. That's what we're doing here. A hungry, intentional, obsessive pursuit of Jesus, full stop. But what about missions? Oh, it's coming. But missions exist because worship doesn't. The reason we have to do missions is because the world doesn't worship Jesus. And if you go tell the world to worship this Jesus and you don't love him, the world will not want to see him. Worshiping hearts are the most missional hearts. Churches are trying to build workers. Actually, churches need to build worshipers, and then they'll get all the work done because they love the one they serve. I, 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 I just want to tell you again, the number one priority is the relentless pursuit of Jesus here. and then we'll get all the rest. So I want to encourage you this week. Ask the Spirit, who the text says makes us from one degree of glory to another become like Jesus, and that's the progression of our lives for new, predestined, cold, justified, glorified. Ask the Spirit, in this situation that's coming at me, be it good or bad, for all things work together for good, but whether it be a positive experience or a negative experience to me this week, ask the Spirit, what in fact do I need to learn about you, Jesus, and me and you that I could not learn any other way but to walk through this thing? So that all of life becomes Jesus and sanctification to Jesus. Does that make sense what I'm saying? So so whatever happens, whether it's, oh, that was really awesome, or that really stinks, whichever actually is an opportunity to behold Jesus and say, Spirit, what do you want to tell me about Jesus and and me and Jesus that I cannot learn any other way but to walk through this valley of the shadow of death? And then, worship Jesus and watch as the Spirit makes you like the one you behold. I want to encourage you and bless you with that this week. To have a Jesus-centered week.